As we observe what the Lord Jesus says to these churches, we see that five of the seven churches are called to repent. It is amazing to realize that two were not called to repent. One of these was Smyrna, and the other is Philadelphia. Today on Drawing Near, we explore what Jesus proclaims to this church. So take your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 3, and follow along as we study the Church of Philadelphia. Before we open God's Word and study together, let's pray. Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity that we do to examine these churches and have time to apply these truths to our individual churches and our individual lives. Help us to see Jesus' priority, Jesus' desire for his church. Help us to recognize that each one of us are an intricate part of that church, and we are individually held accountable for our part in the body of Christ. Help us to recognize also, Father, what you promise to do for those who overcome. Also, Father, we pray that we would clearly see the warnings that come for those who will not repent. Help us to be humble. Help us to be quick to repent and to walk worthy of the calling that we have in Jesus Christ. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So taking our Bibles and turning to Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse 7, we read, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true. He who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but lie, Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So in writing to the church in Philadelphia, Jesus is described as the one who is holy, he who is true. To be holy is to be set apart. Jesus is set apart by his righteousness, his sinlessness, his purity. He is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Heavenly Father is said to be holy. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And we are called to be holy as well, set apart to the gospel of Christ, set apart to righteous living, to faithfully following Jesus Christ. Jesus is he who is true. He is not a lie. He is not false. He is genuine. He is authentic. He is right. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the true visualization 
of the Heavenly Father. When you've seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. By contrast, Satan is the father of lies. He is a liar and a thief and a murderer. Jesus is the one who has the key of David. This reference to David is a reference to the prophecy, the promise that God made to David, that one of his descendants would sit upon his throne, the throne of David, forever and ever, and rule and reign. Jesus is the fulfillment of that prophecy. Jesus is the descendant of David who will sit on his throne and rule and reign forever. In referencing the key, this idea is he has the authority and the power to open doors that no one can close and to close doors that no one can open. It's a reference to his power, to his sovereignty, his authority. We can trust that Jesus Christ is in control. He opens doors. No one can thwart his opening. He shuts doors, and no one can force them open. He is in control. By now, we should know what is coming. Jesus knows their works. We should know what that means. He says, See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. It is uncertain what this reference to an open door is. Maybe it's the open door to eternal life and salvation. Maybe it's an opportunity in the local church. We're just uncertain. But we go on and we read, For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. As I've already mentioned in this passage, there is no call to repentance by the Lord Jesus Christ. So clearly, the Philadelphians are pleasing to the Lord. They have a little strength, which I take to mean that there's a little strength there, but they have to rely upon the strength of God to be sustained and to go forward. As believers, when we are stretched to our limit, when we are challenged, when things are beyond our control, we as believers then trust even more in the strength and the provision of God. And I believe that's a reference here, that they have a little strength, so they rely upon the strength of the Lord more and more. They have kept the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a declaration. They have been faithful to obey the word of Christ. What is that word? Well, it's summed up in two commands. To love the Lord God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. Obviously, the word Philadelphia means brotherly love. They had a reputation of loving. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So in keeping Jesus' word, they showed their love for Christ. And Jesus' word is summed up in loving God and others. So they have kept his word, and they have not denied the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They know who Jesus is. He is God incarnate. They know what Jesus came to do. And under intense pressure and persecution, they have not denied the name of Christ. Now, there are two ways we can deny the name of Christ. We can deny it outright verbally, or we can deny it by our works and our behavior. To live out the faith, to walk in the Word and live in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, is to embrace and honor the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when we live sinfully in a worldly, carnal sort of way, we're denying the work in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by our deeds. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation 
for the Jew first and also the Greek. And then he says that that faith, that righteousness, is of faith from first to last. Righteousness is a part of living faithfully before the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people deny that today, but it is a fact. To follow the Lord Jesus is to be holy, is to live out the righteousness of Christ, it is to keep his word. And one of the things I get from this letter to the Church of Philadelphia, it is possible, having a little strength, to depend on the power and presence of God and to keep the word of Christ and not deny his name. They did it. If they did it, then we can do it too under the power of the Holy Spirit. In verse 9, John writes, Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but lie, indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. The synagogue of Satan are those Jewish individuals, the reference to synagogue and the word Jews. They are those who are Jewish by descent, but they do not put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came into his own, and his own received him not. These are individuals who claim to be Jews, but true Jews, as clearly stated in Galatians and other parts of the New Testament, are those who are circumcised in the heart, not in the flesh. They are those who are truly followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot be a true Jew and deny the Lord Jesus Christ. To deny Jesus is to deny the Father, the Bible says. And so these are of the synagogue of Satan. Jesus says, God is not your father. You are of your father, the devil. Jesus says he will make these individuals, these false Jews, come and worship before the feet of the Philadelphians. And he will do this not because they are worthy of it, but he will do this so that these who are members of the synagogue of Satan will know that Jesus loves them. All of the rewards that we receive from the Lord Jesus Christ honor and glorify the Lord. It proves that what the Lord says is right and true and is a benefit to those who follow. And then we're told in verse 10 that there is coming a testing for all those who dwell on the earth. It is an hour of trial, and it will come upon the whole world. God is going to bring heavy trial upon the world to test them. And Jesus says, because you have kept my commandment to persevere, he will keep the Philadelphian church from this hour of trial. God is the creator of all things, and he can test believers and unbelievers alike. He can do what he wants with his whole entire creation. And there's coming an hour of trial, a difficult time to test what is in the hearts and lives of everyone who dwell on the earth. But because the believers in Philadelphia were faithful, they are kept from this time. The way many believers read the letter of Revelation, there's a tendency to think that this time of trial is yet to come. But it may have been something that happened in the days of these early churches. It may have already passed. It also could be a time that they experienced then, but was also a reference to a greater trial that was yet to come. And then Jesus tells the Philadelphian church to look, to behold, Jesus is coming quickly. We are to keep our eyes always open, always looking for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to come. And when he comes, he is going to come quickly, like a thief in the night. So he counsels the church, hold fast what you have. 
In other words, continue doing what you're doing in order that no one may take your crown. You've been persevering. You've been faithful. Continue to do that so that you do not lose what you have gained. Verse 12, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. I will make him a firm fixture in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. That's the idea of permanence in eternal life. Those who overcome, those who endure until the end, Jesus will make a pillar in the temple of his God, and they shall go out no more. When we get to heaven, we do not have to worry about things changing or going backwards. We will be permanently in heaven and enjoy the blessings and benefits of eternal life with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus says that he will write on these individuals who persevere the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. These names are a reference to the Lord's ownership over his servants and our permanent fellowship with him. We belong to him. And then verse 13, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We need to emphasize here, we need to hear what Jesus says to all of his churches and not just our own. Because all of these things God expects from all of us. He expects our obedience. He expects our faithfulness. He expects us to keep his word, to not deny Jesus' name. And we will enjoy the benefits of all those who faithfully persevere. Our Heavenly Father, our Savior and our Lord, we thank you that you have made these things known to us, that you continue to appeal to us to live out our faith, to repent of our sin, and to enjoy the blessings and the benefits of the followers of Jesus Christ, your sons and daughters, your church. We ask, Father, that you would give us wisdom and discernment, that you would help us to have these things ingrained in our lives in such a way that they are constantly before us, and not just rest on your grace, which we can, we can rely and rest in your grace, but we are challenged, we are commanded to live out our faith in fear and trembling. We are to work it out, we are to live it out, we are to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Help us, Father, to recognize your call to holiness and righteousness, to faithfulness and obedience. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and he will draw near to us.